Welcome to the news and why it matters. Happy Friday. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, we are joined by two special guests, Mr. Jeff Fisher. Hello. From Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Why are you? The name is just still. <laughs> I mean, that's the name, yeah. Chewing the Fat. And with uh, Mr. Aaron Colon from Blaze.com. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Yeah, he does. He's not chewing the fat. No. He's not chewing okay. the fat. Maybe one day. Mm. <laughs> he is a very distinguished I writer at Blaze.com. You are no Jeffy, <laughs> and we you. appreciate that very much, <laughs> well, Aaron. <okay. laughs> Stu, what's your top story? Uh, Ilana Mar said something dumb, so we're going to talk about it. Oh, oh that's, that's a pretty good deal for we her. We yeah. do that every day, uh, I, know. I feel. We could. Right, Speaking yeah. of people who say things dumb and do things dumb, I kind of want to talk about Michael Avenatti. Mm. He's my favorite I love attorney. this story so much. He's, this guy is really bad. <laughs> I mean, good, good, good. All right, Aaron. And NPR is trying to tell journalists how to talk about abortion, and it's a little bit slanted. That's huh. NPR? Yeah. yeah. Shocking. A uh, lot to get into, obviously. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Ribuzone. Um, so, yes, I may have been a little bit larger than I am now. Um, that was me like 12 years ago. So what I'm saying right now is what I'm about to tell you, I have personal experience in. Um, I know the struggle of losing weight and keeping the weight off. That's the kicker because people go on these yo-yo diets and they lose weight, but then they gain it back because they don't want to be stuck eating lettuce all day and for the rest of their lives. I think that would be really depressing. Uh, yes, <laughs> very depressing. Or for you, doing it once. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, uh, there is a product called Riduzone. It contains OEA, which is the metabolite in olive oil that helps boost your metabolism and help reduce your appetite. I use it to maintain. It works wonders. There are so many of you out there who have written in, you've sent emails, you've sent messages saying, Thank you for your recommendation of Ridiozone. I use it. It's worked for me. So if you're struggling with weight loss, try it now. Go to Ridiozone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Enter promo code THEBLAZE and you will get 30% off of a three-month supply. Now is the time. Summer is upon us. And uh, if you are going to go to the pool or go to the beach, I suggest you order it now. Ridiozone.com. Promo code the blaze. Ilan Omar said something stupid. It's incredible. I know I'm breaking news to everyone. Um, yeah, she had this speech uh, in front of Congress here, and, and it's kind of repetitive at this point. Um, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. This group of new Congresswomen who are basically leading the Democratic Party now are the knowledge is low. The passion is high. Um, you know, it seems like a lot of times they're talking and they're, they, they've heard these arguments before, but they don't know them. You know, they're kind of just like, it's like they're almost like a game of telephone, like 12 liberals down the line, the, the actual facts started in their view. And then like by the time it gets to them, they don't really know. And they, they know don't the really buzzwords. Remember. They know the buzzwords. Yeah. They kind of know the general, like they know, for example, people who want babies to live are bad. We know that. Like they think they're just people who think that babies should grow up to be adults and someone like terrible people terrible. who just don't care about women's rights, even though half the people who they would they'd be women. I don't know if anyone knows this. Huh. So yeah, it's it's, a, it's an interesting thing. Um, but uh, here's her speech in front of the house. Uh, this is about abortion, and uh, like I, it's if we had a counter, we could come up potentially with the number of false, ridiculous things she says in here. But let's try to digest it all and we'll talk about it. Let's just be honest. For the religious right, this isn't simply Simply. about their care or concern for life. No. If they cared about or were concerned about children, they would be 
concerned about the children that are being detained and those that are dying in camps across we're not concerned about our borders. No. Or the children who are languishing in hunger and facing homelessness. Yeah, I can't take it. This isn't about religious morality or conviction because we've seen time and time again those that talk about their faith and want to push policies because of their faith are the ones that simply are caught with the hypocrisy of not living it out in their personal lives. Oh, and uh, that one goes on and on and on and on. Couple things. Uh, simply is 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 a two syllable word. Okay, it's not three. You don't need to add any in there. Uh, languishing. Languishing. I believe she languishing. I think is what she was going for. And this is an interesting thing. It's you know I think. Let me guess. Ella Rand Courtra. Yes. Yes. Because it's a great. Whatever's escape. in front of her. It's like she is. She's basically Ron Burgundy. Yes. You know she just basically is reading. And you see constantly when she's making yeah. these speeches. Her in particular, she's just reading it word for word, staring down at the paper. And you can tell she has no idea what she's talking about. I mean, she famously called the Iran-Contra affair the Iran-Cortra affair because she's never seen the words Iran-Contra affair together before, and she had no idea what she was talking about while making a massive accusation at yeah. someone else's yes. credibility. And 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 uh, you know, I, I mean, you're, you're trying to trash someone else when you don't even know the basics of, of the. <laughs> I'll say there, her plan kind of works though, because you know when they do that on the Senate or the uh, Congress congressional side, nobody's there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, you look around, even no, just around her, no one yes. is there. It looks like a Blue Jays home yeah. game right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say worse. Yeah, maybe. I would say worse. I mean, there's one guy at the Blue Jays okay, game. Okay, Orioles home game. Uh, what was that? Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting in that, like, these are, are major claims, right? And she acts as if she's, she really understands them. I mean, you know, the border one is a, is a great example. Of course, Glenn Beck famously, along with... Uh, other left-wing extremists like Ted Cruz and Pat Gray were down at the border in 2014 when Barack Obama was the one detaining all these migrant children and, you know, giving uh, Christmas presents and, and, and things like this to the kids because they, we do care. I mean, uh, you know, I, I tweeted out something yesterday from uh, Dan Andros over at Faithwire, and he had a, a lengthy list of, oh, you know, here's all a bunch of times that Christians cared in the recent past. And, you know, if you think about, like, for example, the Ebola breakout, right, in, uh, in Liberia where Franklin Graham's group, they're up there they're walking into a, an Ebola yeah. crisis to try to heal people uh, and, and cure and, and, and treat these diseases. And back at it again, by the way. Yeah, they do it all over the world all the time. It's, it's so easy to villainize the religious right, as yeah. they call it, the fundamentalist religious right. And it's funny how she attributes these negative motives to religious people. Like, you couldn't possibly care about unborn children. You must have some sort of ulterior motive as a religious fundamentalist right. for it. And she just makes this broad claim that the people who support pro-life because of religion are people who don't live it out in their personal lives. What is she basing that off of? It's just a broad claim that has no basis in fact. But because her side likes to villainize religious people, it goes over fine. It, it's got those buzzwords, mm-hmm. like we were talking about. It's got those buzzwords in it. Like linguishing? Like linguishing. <laughs> that was Simple the biggest buzzword. I just find it very perplexing uh, that someone would even insinuate that you have to be religious to believe that it's wrong to murder babies. Yeah, it's kind of insulting, I think, to the average uh, agnostic, right? I mean, like, I, I mean, look, I think, you know, there is a, an association, a close association with religious people and, and, and caring for unborn children. 
Um, I, I think that that's very true. I mean, you know, statistically, that lines up. But there's plenty of people who, on the other side, and by the way, there's plenty of people who you know say they're religious and and don't necessarily care about the abortion. Uh, yeah, issue. and there's plenty of people who uh, are religious and care about children who are already born. Right. Uh, amazingly, uh, that uh, you know, take care of those children. That's a, that's, that's a weird one a, too. It's uh, like I mean, come on. Like if there's any group that's very famous in this country for doing charitable work to help people, I mean, uh, you'd have you. to go to the churches. Yes. This is like, where do you, where are all these migrant children going when they cross the border? They're dropping them off at churches like crazy because yep. they're the only ones who will take care of them. It's not the government that's stepping in and, and doing. You've, we've seen what the government care looks like. It's a bunch of cages and shiny blankets. Right. I mean, this is like you know when it's people who are on the ground that are care personally about these people that are going there. They're the people, Christian charities are the ones going to Haiti after, after you know, uh, flooding and, and earthquakes. They're the people who are going to all of these, the, the toughest areas, the toughest disasters on earth and trying to help out. Um, you know, it's not, they're good Christians and bad Christians, just like every other group. But the, the idea that you could associate um, this sort of like hypocrisy to Christians because they care about babies being born. Well, maybe, maybe here's another fix for this. If you think you care so much about migrant children, which I didn't see you in 2014 when Obama was there, didn't see you. Nope. Uh, but if you if you happen to care back then and just forgot or whatever, why not just also pick up the caring for the unborn children too? Mm. Then you can be consistent on your side. You notice how often when they're talking about abortion, they have to transition to another issue to distract from it. They can't just stay and defend abortion because that you get too far into that, you see why it's wrong. So you have to pivot and say, oh, well, you don't care about immigration. You know, it's, it's yeah. a distraction that they use. That's a great point. The whataboutism. Mm -hmm. The whataboutism is and alive and real. This goes to your point. I know your story's coming up, too, with the NPR thing. I mean, like, you the lengths that these groups will go to to not talk about the thing they're talking about. Let's actually, let's actually bring yeah. that into the conversation yeah. now. Yeah, so NPR recently felt the need to remind journalists how to write and report about abortion. And so there's some specific Wait, rules. Did you take some notes? <laughs> <laughs> there's, some, <laughs> there's some specific rules about it. You can't use words like pro-life because that's their term. You can't use, wow. uh, don't say abortion doctor, don't say abortion clinic, don't say partial birth abortion. And so there's all these terms that huh. to where they're purposely trying to obscure the way abortion is talked about so that you don't really get to the heart of what abortion is, but you view it as a rights issue. And so you say people who are against abortion are not pro-life, they're anti-abortion rights. So it makes us sound like right. the bad guys. That was what they try, tried to do with the, the heartbeat laws too. Mm -hmm. right? so That's another one of the things the on the list. Yeah. Don't say fetal heartbeat because yeah, that humanizes. Fetal, pole, cardiac activity. They don't, they don't want to get to another... the heart of the situation. Right, but Ooh. I mean, what... <laughs> So everyone is too dumb to know what cardiac means? <laughs> well, like, yeah. it, it's right there. Yeah, I think it is humanizing. The um, and their, their claim is like, well, this is what they're naming the bill, so we can't do that. And I've noticed this. We brought this up on a show, I think it was last week, and I was like, look at this. They put heartbeat in quotes. Uh, they did it again. Remember this? <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest I've thing ever I've ever seen. seen. Like the what thing, what, they what they call a heartbeat. heartbeat. <laughs> and it's like, what do you mean what they call oh, a heartbeat? Yeah, yeah. They, they did this in the NPR thing, they pointed this out as well. Like you can't call it a heartbeat because that's what they're saying. The New York Times has a story today where they say what the heartbeat again in quotes uh, they're referring to is the um, the the what was it a flashing pulse on a sonogram on, on a sonogram. Oh wow! What, what the hell do you think that is? Like that is a heartbeat. Uh, seriously, they say a flickering pulse. I believe was the term they used to describe it. Amazing. Um, as if it's not like it's in question as to whether it's a heartbeat. Is it a heartbeat? Is it a strobe light? We don't know. It's a flickering pulse of some sort. And one of the things that the NPR uh, guidance said was that you don't say unborn child because that's something that pro-life people came up with to shift public opinion. Yeah. But when you think about it, when a woman is pregnant and they want to have the child, 
they call it the child. They call it their unborn child. They humanize it. So it's only when somebody doesn't want the pregnancy that suddenly you try to dehumanize it so you can justify doing something that you know in your heart in a way is wrong. But now in the media, we want to ch sort of change the narrative. I mean, why, when my wife was pregnant, we hoped that it was a child, but we didn't know. It could have been a car. It could have been a Volkswagen. <laughs> well, why, I mean, to that point, why do you call it a baby shower? Mm -hmm. Yes, right? baby it's, bump. Why is it a baby yeah. bump? It's very self-evident that we believe it to be a human child when a woman is pregnant. But now, because of the abortion debate, we're seeing all these terms that sort of just, you know, shade up the debate a little bit to where you can't really get to the heart of the issue that you're talking about the taking of a human right. life when you're talking about abortion. And look, all the, all the uh, Democratic presidential nominees, they have no lines. Mm -hmm. They will take it. No, there's no lines to None when asked about uh, what's the line. There's no, the line is, it's woman's right. It's a woman's right. Yeah. It's, it's the woman's body. It's not, what, what about, where is there a day or a time when it becomes a baby? No, that's, only, that's up to the women. doesn't matter. I mean, you could be 10 years old. If the mom wants you gone, you're gone. It's mommy's choice. And this, yeah. this debate sort of overlooks the fact that in a lot of these situations, especially if you're talking about a couple, you know, people in a relationship, married or whatever, the man is involved in the decision in the sense that they're making that together. Mm -hmm. And that's a positive thing. You would want those two people to come together and make that decision, hopefully in favor of life. And so this idea that the man has nothing to do with it. No, it is not the man's body. No, he does not carry the child. But the man has to be involved in it in some way, ideally, because the man is the father of that child. Why do you hate women? I don't know. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm working it is, on it. It is bizarre. Well, but I mean, and then the, the man, if the woman has a child... Um, you know, the man, let's say the divorce, the man would still be legally responsible right for paying for it. So yeah. how's that? And the, you know, this, these, the, the way they work this uh, terminology is fascinating. I mean, like, I think in the NPR piece it says you can say people are uh, anti-abortion protesters. You cannot say they are pro-abortion pro -abortion. protesters because mm -hmm. no one wants to be pro-abortion, which right. is why you're pro-choice, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, and the word fetus like gets thrown around as if it's like foreign alien from another planet. <laughs> fetus just means an unborn offspring. Right. It's all it means. It's like it's it's you know it, it's there's certain parts of the of the pregnancy in which it's typically defined as, but it's like it's not this mysterious thing. It's a human being. It's just not born yet. It's an offspring of the mom. They've even divided that up a little bit more in talking about the heartbeat bills to where they say, well, a heartbeat can be detected before an embryo becomes a fetus, and so now you're calling it an embryo and not a fetus. So there's just another level of separation from calling it a baby or an unborn baby or whatever the case wow. might be. Mm. Man, that separation is just amazing. I, I, I find it so, it, it's staggering how far we go to not admit that's a child. Well, again, like I, the, the whole thing about it not being a child is like it's, it, 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 they talk about science denying, you know, they say that we, we're denying science because we don't like the one degree Celsius uh, you know, temperature change and we're like, I mean, like that's us denying science. Like the heartbeat one is really incredible. Sure is. I mean, they're acting as if they don't know what it is. They're acting as if uh, they, uh, it's this flickering pulse. Maybe there's a rave going on in there. We can't <laughs> tell. I mean, that is, that's insanity. Is absolute denial of science. Absolutely. They created these magical devices where you can look and hear and see like what's going on inside of a womb. It's incredible. And every mother cherishes it. They have these 3D, you know, oh, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, ultrasounds now, which are incredible. You can see the, you can, I, uh, like the one we got of my son, I can actually see his face today in there. Really? Which is really am amazing. Mine was yeah. not so close. <laughs> no. It was a little, it was a little look, worrisome. Sometimes they look like aliens in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the point is, all of this has been, you know. His, Mine was an Impala. <laughs> really? <laughs> Impala. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, automatic or standard? Yeah. 
Yeah, automatic. American made it. Yeah, there you go. But I mean, like we go through these these levels of technology to to make the experience of a mother more. You know, you want to get more involved. Like motherhood, I think, and 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 dads as well. Like we want. We're we're getting to a point where we get more and more involved, uh, and that's a great thing. And here we are. Like we have to now deny the things that we're actually seeing and hearing to get past the arguments. When when that's true, you've lost the argument already. You're just in denial. Uh, I would just like to point out, for the record, I'm the only one at the table with a magic birth canal that turns uh, an Impala into an actual human being. You don't know how Jeffy defines uh, it. Thank say. you. <laughs> just uh, thank say. you, Stu, because... <laughs> Back in a minute. Uh, how dare you. <laughs> wow. You don't know what's going I've got the magic body that transforms things uh, into human life. You're actually the only you one who can talk about this. Yeah. All right, coming up uh, next spring, there is a really amazing cruise taking place uh, that our good friend Supergear is actually going to be a part of, mm-hmm. along with Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly, uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, and David, uh, David Barton. Barton. And it's called The Cruise Through History. And uh, I just picture this, if you will. 14 days where you get to, you start in Venice, and you get to go to uh, Croatia and um, Greece, Mm -hmm. and where else? Israel. Israel, yes. I mean, are you kidding me with you guys, with Glenn, Mm -hmm. knowing all the history that he knows about those places? Very few Americans have spent time with me on a boat, and those who have uh, really enjoyed it. Did they? Uh, Yes, I've been told in in online reviews. So, like, your family? Uh, Yeah, well, yeah, mostly. (laughs) What star star review are you? Uh, I got a two-star, a solid two-star. The good thing is you don't have to depend on me being interesting to go on this. It's going to be great. I'm going to be more interested in in what's going on, uh, honestly, than than anything we're going to be saying. I mean, like, be seeing these things that are foundations of our civilization. Uh, all in one trip, not to mention uh, great Italian food. Uh, so I've been told that That's I can bring some Taco yeah. Bell on board, too, if you guys need any. <laughs> uh, it's going to be fun. I've been on a trip with David Parton before. I actually have been on a trip with David Barton before, and it is amazing. Because he knows everything about everything. Yes. yes. Yeah. I bet. Oh, my gosh. Just a wealth of information. Uh, there are different packages that you can choose from. So you can go to comesailaway.com to learn more. Uh, that is comesailaway.com for all of the deets as we cool kids like to say. Wow. Just saying. Wow. But you are just so Jeffy. hip. I know. Michael Avenatti. My, my main man, Michael Avenatti. He is, uh, you know, the lawyer from, uh, you know, the attorney from the gods. Yes. Uh, happening. So he's back in the news again uh, because he, uh, he, got, uh, he got cheap screwed. Uh, Stormy Daniels, not really the good way, uh, <laughs> took the money from her. Uh, and again, this is what he does, right? His clients, he takes money from his clients. Uh, with the Stormy Daniels story is, you know, new, but still the same thing he was doing to almost every one of his clients uh, was saying, eh, no, uh, the money hasn't come in yet. He talked to the book people and said, yeah, when you, the money comes in, send it to this account. Uh, this is the account the money needs to go to. So when Stormy kept asking, is the money coming in? Yeah, no, well, he I haven't for- heard and a he thing. And he forged her signature, haven't heard right? heard a thing from the book wow. people, you know, but then he's deep-pocketed the money himself. I mean, he did this to the other client, his one, uh, his one handicapped client that he had for a number of years. He had a huge settlement, and uh, the guy kept asking for the settlement, kept asking for the settlement, and he kept telling him, hey, uh, it's still in pro, I'm trying to get you, trying to, here, you know what, let me give you, and he'd give him, he'd give him like 14, 1500 bucks a pop whenever the guy asked for something, and just say, here, go ahead, pay your rent, wow. take care of some things, I got you, but is that the, big, the big chunk of money hasn't come in yet. Well, yeah, it had. Uh, he was just busy spending it. On Ferrari payments and 
Mm. Does anyone remember when he was the big media darling not that like, long ago? Uh, I don't know, like a full year of mm-hmm. 254, 57 times on television mm-hmm. uh, when he was when uh, they loved him, mm-hmm. when they were actually speaking the words of him running for president. Mm-hmm. Those times? Yeah. Are those the times you're referring to? Yeah, just those times. <laughs> I mean, just it's amazing. Times. So revealing about the media. I mean, and, and more revealing than anything is about how much they just despise Donald Trump. Um, and like, I'm not a, tr- I, like, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Donald Trump by any means. What? Uh, yeah, I know. It's shocking to hear. Um, however, I will say, like, it's not even the fact that they don't like him or they disagree with him <laughs> or any of these things. It's that they are completely obsessed with him. There's like a level of obsession. They you know, never like de- Republicans. Right. They never right. like anybody who does something that's conservative. They never like anyone who says we should have border security or many of the things that Trump says. But they are completely obsessed with Trump and it makes them make ridiculous decisions sure like, like embracing Michael Avenatti. There's it, nothing about him that's redeeming except yeah. to them that he opposed Donald Trump. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't mean, matter if what he was saying was true. It doesn't matter. It's just can we take this guy down because there's been this incredible wrong and we have to be able to write it. Uh, you know, uh, we, we talked yesterday to Mark Levin about his book uh, on freedom of the press and I think that's a big part of it. Like he pointed out that you know we've had a big transition from journalist to activist, which I think is definitely true. And I think a lot another part of this is they are seeing their the, their power go away. Like the the power base of the media in DC and New York, like they had control over basically yeah, sure American did. opinion for a really long time. And now that's slipping out of their hands, so they're just doubling and tripling down. It's like, you know, it's the same thing you see with, like, global warming activists when, uh, you know, it looks like, them, you know, no one's listening to their warnings. They just get the warnings get more intense, and they get more, you know, uh, more hyperbolic. And I think that's what happens with the media. They don't, they no longer even want to give you the impression that they're trying to be fair. And that's a change. I mean, like, with George Bush, they would try to make it at least seem like they were fair and balanced. Now they're not even attempting it because they're writing some social wrong that they've all convinced themselves yeah. must be righted. And, and Avenatti is a perfect example. Oh, of perfect. And, you know, on top of all the times that he was on television, uh, you know, spewing whatever it is he wanted to spew the Donald Trump hate off the camera on set, he was treating people like crap. The reports of how he was hollering at people and hollering at underlings really? and treating people just like dirt bags, and they still let it slide. Again, to yeah. your point of they didn't care, it didn't matter because he was he was the front guy. He's legitimately he was, a criminal, and they wanted to find a rival for Trump so bad that they would embrace somebody. What do you do? Extort Nike for yeah. trying to get twenty million dollars or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Extortion's such a hard word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Negotiations is that what you call? Yeah. Well, and I mean, you talk about the you know the media. What you just to add to your points too, Chris Cuomo, I heard that he he came out and said, well, yeah, the Democrats have to move forward with impeachment so that we can find out if Donald Trump has done anything that's impeachable. <laughs> right. That's Wait, how what? you you search out the facts for yes, the impeachment have, through yeah. the impeachment investigation. Pass the bill to read. It, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought of. That's yeah. exactly what I thought of when I heard it. That's supposed to be how you use it. It's supposed to be something that you're sure happened, and then you go into that proceeding. Uh, you know, uh, at least no, so like almost if there was like a two-year investigation on something, they should try that. No, they got that wrong. Did you not hear that that, that report was wrong? So oh, they need to do another one. Oh, yeah. another two-year investigation. Yeah. Well, some of some of that, the last investigation, some of it was redacted. So that's, that's the stuff that said the bad things, and we have to. Oh. We have to look that's the cover very few so, things yeah. that were redacted. I mean, it must have been where all the salacious details. It really, were. it's um, I keep saying it's unbelievable, and it's not unbelievable because it's believable in today's world. But it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. they're not even trying anymore. Yeah. All right, back in a minute. You'd think the time that they would want to try would be when their ratings are in the toilet. 
Jeffy, what's going on on uh, Chewing the Fat? Well, it's a daily podcast that you can, that's available wherever free podcasts are sold, and you should subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I mean, one of the main things that we have going on with Chewing the Fat is it's one of the few podcasts where you're going to get inside royal coverage. I mean, I have, I have a Windsor Whisperer inside the royal castle. And I'm royal coverage? Yeah, that's right. Why should we care about that? Because we care about the royals. Sarah. Why? This is because this is no, America. Yes, we, we fought do. to get away from them. No, we care about the What's royals. Going on with that we baby? love the royals, man. Is Meghan Markle coming back to Suits? <laughs> she comes back to that's Suits. That's the news. Uh, the Windsor Whisper is covering that next week. Okay, good. Yeah. I really, no, I truly, I legitimately, do you really follow the royal family? I, absolutely. I don't get it. Yeah, Perhaps you should listen to Chewing the Fat. Listen to Chewing the Fat. You'll I, get it. I was hoping for a better sell than that. Really? Yeah, well, you get. If, if it's really Mike Ross's baby, I think it is. I think it is, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Overtime starts next. You don't want to miss it with these guys. <laughs> no, I think it is. It is, right? Yeah. And they said they went to Seattle or whatever. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. We just mentioned earlier briefly Chris Cuomo coming out and saying the Democrats need to, you know, uh, impeach Trump so they can find out, they need to follow through with impeachment proceedings so they can find out if there's any reason to have impeachment proceedings. Genius. Makes total sense. Uh, Well, Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana had a little bit to say about the Democrats just toying with the president on impeachment. Watch. Look, I I just listened to your, uh, your very able colleagues there talking about this. I mean, you know, I don't know what the president's motivation is. It could be Machiavellian. It could be he's just frustrated. And I understand why he's frustrated. Um, I think that some, I don't want to speak with too broad a brush, but some members of the House leadership, they're just toying with him. I meant what I said. They need to to urinate and get off the pot. Go ahead and impeach him. If you think he deserves to be impeached, he won't be convicted (laughs) in the Senate. But but, uh, stop toying him. That is that is one of my favorite all time sayings. Urinator, Urinator get, get off, off the pot. pot. Yeah, it's, it's very every, well, everybody's saying it. It's everybody's very horrible. It. Um, but I mean, he does raise a good point, and I will say, you know, we've we saw with President Trump with the Russian investigation that just because he is, you know, not providing information that they're asking him for does not mean that he's guilty of something. He just yeah. doesn't want to play their games. Yeah, he. I mean, Trump seems to be very well educated on the idea that, number one, once you give them something, that just gives them pass to ask for something yes. new. Yes. And number two, it is, a sign, I think in his eyes, a sign of weakness to give mm-hmm. it to him. You know? And he said that about Romney. Like, Romney first wasn't giving his taxes up, and then eventually Romney did. And Trump, as a you know, off out-of-politics guy, was like, this is, don't give in. You're, right. you're, just being, right. you're showing weakness. So I think that's the way he views these things. Um, you know, I also think that there's a very convenient sort of dance right now with Nancy Pelosi and, and, uh, and Donald Trump. I, you know, I don't know how much of it is just you know, theater, but it does seem like there is this idea where Nancy Pelosi gets to look tough to her, you know, her group, her, uh, um, you know, constituency, uh, particularly in Congress, who are saying, hey, impeach, 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 impeach. So she gets to say, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pushing back. I'll look at all the stuff I'm doing. And he gets to say, look, they're being so unfair to me, to to his base. I mean, I, I, I it's a very cynical view, but I, I feel like the, those 
you know, Schumer, he says all the time he likes Chuck and Nancy. I, there's that there's that dance that goes on between them. I think part of it's real, but part of it is just blown up because, you know, he knows. I mean, after this this whole big you know walkout of the meeting, he goes to a, a podium where there's a pre-printed sign and gives his press conference. And she, I mean, like if she actually cares about the infrastructure bill, she's not going to say he's he's in the middle of a cover-up on the way to the freaking meeting. Like I, we, it's not how you act. And I think a lot of this is just a is just a dance so they can all kind of secure their positions a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that, you know, Trump, he learned, he knows how to turn conflict into support, and he knows how to yes, rally people using conflict. And we've seen Pelosi talking out of both sides of her mouth on impeachment a little bit, where she's saying, no, we don't want to impeach, we don't want to impeach. But then every day she's saying Trump is impeaching himself. He's doing a cover-up. And so <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Democrats want to sort of tease this impeachment thing all the way through the election because they know if they really dug into the facts, they wouldn't find any crimes. But if they can hang this impeachment over the election, they can use it as a campaign issue to weaken him. Uh, because there's still some uncertainty about what he has or has not done. Good luck with that. I mean, I don't, I don't know that they have anybody in their, uh, in their uh, repertoire of 150, 200 people they have running for office now that can, can, could beat Trump. Well, 250, by the way. No. 250. <laughs> I, you were close. Um, I mean, I also think it's, I think that they're overplaying their hand because, you know, if you look at what, midway into the Russia investigation, all of the surveys showed that Americans were so sick of hearing about it mm -hmm. that they were just like, please stop talking about it unless you have some hardcore smoking gun that you would like to show us. We're just sick of hearing about it. And I think that the same thing goes with, you know, the term impeachment. It's been thrown around literally since he took office or before. Yeah, before before yeah. he took office, it's been thrown around so much that I think that Americans are, are just, they're just shutting it out. Yeah, I think, too, I mean, someone made this point, and I thought it was interesting, that if the Mueller report came out and it was the first we heard of everything in it, yes. it would have been, I think, really effective. Right? Yes. There was a lot of stuff in there. The issue is that they've taken everybody down these roads and, and, and not only told all the stories that were in the Mueller report, but also a bunch of stories that weren't true. And so you're at the point where, like, okay, well, I don't even know at this point. Like, they just keep saying things. It's just there's a boy who cried wolf sort of a situation going on here. And, yes. you know, like, I, I think um, I, I, I don't think Trump's going to have uh, more problems really. The Russia thing, I think, is generally speaking over with. They're going to try to come, I mean, they're trying to come after him for taxes and yeah. other business interests. They, they're looking for something new. And if they don't find something new, if, they, if, if in 2020 what they're saying is, well, that, that Mueller report, they are toast. Yeah. They, like, know, they know that if the economy is strong when the election comes around, they're well, they need something thing. else to distract. Because mm -hmm. if people are feeling like Trump has done a good job for them, their lives are going okay, you know, they're going to vote for Trump. And so they're, it's just a desperate distraction attempt, I think, at this point. So um, you've mentioned before that, you know, you, dis you disagree with the use of the term witch hunt because usually in a witch hunt you find a witch. Mm -hmm. Now that they're trying to go after him for something else because they didn't find anything in the Mueller report and, and investigation, did, does that change your mind at all on whether or not well, it's I'm, a witch I'm, hunt? When I talk about the witch hunt, I'm talking about the Mueller report. Just the, so Mueller, the Mueller report. Yeah, like I'm not saying Democrats aren't in a witch hunt. They absolutely are in a witch hunt. Um, I think, you know, the question is whether Mueller and the, the, investiga the, the investigators, um, and some of them were on a witch hunt, as we know, with Page and Strzok and such. But, I mean, we're talking about the actual Mueller report. I think what you found in there were, um, not just the stuff about Trump, where, again, some of the, I mean, again, if you are trying to frame someone for uh, a massive crimes, you just do it. Right? Like, I, like this idea that they couldn't come yes. up with stuff to fake 
is it, it, it doesn't connect with me. I mean, if they wanted to, if they really wanted to, like they could have easily said, we 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 agree and we think there should be charges on obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. They could have said that. However, they didn't have the material to do it. Um, so I think. I think a lot of it gets blown out of proportion because Trump is very much always defensive, right? Like he says, anytime anyone says anything bad about him, they're just trying, it's a, it's a witch hunt, it's, it's a hoax. Um, and on the other side, a lot of the people who are touting the claims of the Mueller report are actually in the middle of a witch hunt. Yes. They can't, they are saying they found impeachable things. Like you notice the way they're talking about it. We did find it. There are things that we should impeach with. There, a lot of the left is saying that. And they, they did find evidence of even collusion. They're still saying that. I mean, what's his face? Uh, Swalwell was out there saying, yeah. like, we found more than we ever could have hoped to find. Well, Mueller didn't do that. Mueller said we didn't find collusion. And, like, there's some stuff here we were not comfortable with, with obstruction, but there's not a crime. Um, that, to me, does not, that process, um, especially when you add it on to the fact that they did find a lot of real things that Russians were doing, um, I don't think uh, um, witch hunt is appropriate. That being said, like, it's not meant for someone who actually read the Mueller report, right? It's meant, those terms that Trump uses are, are, are used to try to motivate his base and give them talking points, just like what the left is doing. When Pelosi is saying, uh, you, know, uh, you know, he's in the middle of a cover-up, well, what do you think is going to be, search for the word cover-up on Twitter today and see how many times people are tweeting it blindly. Like, they, right. they, like, they know how to manipulate their voters. There's nobody read the report. It's 400 pages. The yeah. general public did not read the nope. report, so they're just going to go off of what they hear, what gets the biggest general headline. Public. I'd we'll venture to say Congress didn't read it either. Uh, yeah, I'd venture sure. to say most of the reporters who reported on it yeah. did not read it either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had to suck it up in that day and freaking, it was, a, it was hell. <laughs> okay? It was hell. It was we, not something I would ever want to do like, again. A thousand trees yeah. printing that puppy. I kept out. saying, like, I need a printed copy of this. At, honestly, at some point, I just didn't. Even, I just started throwing them out. I want to see how many they print for me. Uh, <laughs> we we sent a lot of paper. That day. It was fun. Uh, before we go, we're talking about 2020 and uh, whether or not any of the Democrats can uh, can beat Trump. Cory Booker. I'm not sure if you remember that he is he is, is in running. fact still yeah. running. Um, he is he is thrown a, a hail mary. Numbers not so great. But luckily, he has come up with a really, really great plan. Um, he has pledged to add an Office of Reproductive Freedom. Oh, that's what president. everybody's been asking for. Right? An- another Office bureaucracy of Reproductive Freedom. Office of Reproductive Freedom. Because people aren't freedom. free to have babies right now. But yeah. no. he's president. Wow, really? That you will think? change. I think All that's what that the story is. We had that when Clinton was in office, anyway. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it, called the Oval Office oh, at that time. The yes. plan <laughs> involves a, a team of White House aides tasked with coordinating reproductive health issues across all federal agencies, including access to abortion. Wait, that's not reproductive. That's no, it's the opposite. The opposite of reproductive. Uh, <laughs> abortion, paid leave, maternal health care, and education for employees in his administration. The thing that gets me with the way this goes, because even in, a, in this office, they lump in abortion yes. with all these legitimate yeah. health care yes. things. And they just try to shove it in there on the side, like, oh, by the way, abortion. And then, like, you know, legitimate women's health care. So, yeah, how can you talk about maternal health care in the same thing that you're talking about killing? You can either kill your baby or you can does it all the time, every yeah. day. And that's, that's all they that's do. The strategy. Unbelievable. I know. Unbelievable to me. Well, I mean, luckily, he came up with this plan. So that I mean, his poll numbers, I'm sure, will be up. I'm sure he might hit like six percent with yeah. this. One. Maybe. Oh, and he, and he's I don't not think really. He's that six percent, is he? He's hit. No, so he said he might this, hit. This might 6%. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. This might be the boost he needs to get. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and interestingly, I mean, Cory Booker's not even in the bottom tier of these guys. Yeah. I mean, like really, like there are. I mean, there's 24 people running at this point. 
And you really think that right now, probably only 10 of them have any even Hail Mary chance, right? Like a Hail Mary doesn't work when you're down 24, right? Like so, (laughs) uh, like it is really at that point where it's basically Biden. You know, Sanders is there, but I think Sanders is somewhat capped where he, you know, I think like more likely than not, more likely than Sanders beating a Biden or Sanders actually winning the nomination. I think it's somebody who's in that Sanders, you know, realm. You know, maybe it's Uh, Pete's making a run though. Pete has fallen off. I think no, the Pete thing might be like over. Pete, but I'm telling you, Pete's making. I think a Pete run. had a run, and I, I actually think he is very well spoken and smart, and like he's a dangerous candidate. Whether you can be the mayor of South Bend and go right to the White House, I feel like I'm still skeptical. Though again, we have a, we have a reality show president, homophobic bigot. I know. Well, yeah, I didn't That's say anything I about. Heard. I didn't say anything about his sexuality at all. That's what America hurts. I too. think he's a good candidate. I just I I don't know. I feel like I think I feel like he had this rise already, and his, and his moment is gone. If you remember, I mean, go back to these previous campaigns. You know, the Republican. I mean, Carly Fiorina was was among the leaders for a while. Go back to Fred Thompson and Herman Cain. These, you, know, you have these bumps. Buttigieg is, is good enough, I think, as a candidate that he has a chance. Um, you know, I think everything has to really break right. At yeah. some point, they're going to start saying negative things about him. So far, he's been completely His unscathed. bump wasn't really based on anything substantive. It was more yeah. about the conflict with Pence and the sort of general comments he makes that make, you know, liberal religion or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever he calls it, the progressive Christianity type thing. That's where his yeah. bump came from, but nothing that really applies to what it means to be president. And I think that will, over time, you know, he'll sink out. Yeah. yeah. Don't uh, bog down with facts. We're just talking about pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are going into Memorial Day weekend and hope Mm. everyone has a very happy and safe Memorial Day weekend and also take some time to reflect on what it's actually about. I know here in America we like to just drink lots of beer and swim and stuff our faces with hot dogs and hamburgers. But uh, let's, you know. That's what it's about, isn't it? That's what it's, no. Certainly no. No. It's 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 a new development. Really? Yeah, remembering the the veterans who lost their lives um, fighting for us and for all of our freedoms that we have now and we hope to keep as long as we don't get one of these 10 million socialist candidates in office. Uh, We'll see you Tuesday. Bye, see you later. Bye-bye. Bye, see you later. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.